0: Hello and welcome to the FT Advisor podcast, the weekly podcast series brought to you by FT Advisor. Each week we'll be joined by guests from the financial services world to discuss the most pressing industry issues. I'm Amy Austin, News Editor at FT Advisor, and today I will be discussing the online safety bill and whether it is robust enough to tackle scams with Tom Selby, Head of Retirement Policy at AJ Bell and Tim Fassum, Director of Government Relations and Policy at PIMPFA. So welcome to you both and thanks for joining us today.
1: Hello. very much.
0: So the government has finally succumbed to pressure from the industry and you guys and included paid-for adverts in the scope of the online safety bill. So essentially this means that social media platforms and search engines will have a legal duty to prevent paid-for fraudulent adverts appearing on their services in the hope that fewer people will be scammed by this method. But my kind of main thinking around this is it too little today and does it go far enough? And um, so both, I thought we could just like start by discussing why it was important to include these paper ads in the bill. Um, and Tim, do you want to start with you because I know that pimFA has been a right driving force in this.
2: Yeah, I mean we've been been really proud to um, play a role in a coalition of other trade associations, uh, industry, Partners, companies, trade associations, regulators—you um, know, pretty much everyone involved in financial services—agreed on this and the need to do something in, uh, to to deal with these problems. Because actually, many firms and even the regulator themselves have really struggled to deal with uh, fraudulent content across uh, social media. So, for PIMFA members, have had clone uh, websites where people have pretended to be them, have had individuals on Instagram, Facebook, pretending to be uh, advisors. And they found there was very little they could do. One member firm said it took them six weeks to have a, a clone website that was being actively advertised by Google taken down. And in that six weeks, those... Potential customers have had a terrible experience. They may have lost significant amounts of money. uh, And the people that are there to protect customers, be that the regulator or the firms themselves, just had no levers with which to to deal with the problem. And despite talking to many of the tech platforms uh, and having a lot of warm words, uh, not enough was being done. And it was absolutely vital that these customers protected mainly to to protect them and stop them uh, losing losing money but also to protect the reputation of the sector so that people know that they can engage safely with financial advisors, wealth managers and trust the uh, the, the, the kind of ways that they find them be that through through ads, social media etc they know when they hear from a financial advisor that that it is a genuine uh, advisor and they don't have to be, overly uh, worried and concerned about that.
0: Sean and Tom what are your kind of thoughts on this were you happy to see this happen?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very positive development. You're right, it's a, it's been a, it's been been a long a long time coming. And actually we we saw that with um uh, I I was heavily involved in the the debate around pension scams and cold calling and we we saw that with with that particular debate as well. The government was was quite slow to react to the risk of scams. Now, I'm I'm not sure why why that is. I'm not sure if there's a certain perhaps a blind spot there for um for governments in terms of uh, uh, ad- acknowledging that scams are serious and do cause um, serious harm to people in lots of ways, both financial and um, and psychological. Um I guess in in terms of the online safety bill, it's important to I guess to acknowledge as well the. The context of that bill. Um, so financial scams are obviously incredibly important and obviously cause huge amounts of harm to people. And I think this is uh, a big step in the right direction to holding online platforms accountable because that's where a lot of this activity goes on at the moment. But the, the online safety bill is looking at lots of, lots of different things. So you're looking at really, really awful crimes, like things like revenge porn and hate crime, um, the sale of drugs and weapons um sexual expo- exploitation things like that so uh, i it, i was always frustrated that um paid for advertising didn't get the the attention i think it needed and i think it's right that the government have done it but i think i, I guess that's the the context of the of the seriousness of the of the crimes that the government are trying to address through this bill and so you can Perhaps see why it wasn't quite of the agenda at the start, in the way that it should have been, but I, th- I think we're in a better place now than than we were when the when the bill was first drafted.
0: and why is it? Do you think that the kind of government doesn't really appear to take scams all that seriously? Because I mean we had you know the prime minister what I think last month now mm. um you know not include them in the in the yeah. data, and everyone was like, "Why like this is one of the biggest kind of crimes?"
1: Yeah I think it's, it's 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 I guess it's less um it's probably politically um it might be seen as as less appealing to to tackle scams so having more bobbies on the beat um is probably a clearer political message than tackling online paid for advertising and scams um so I think that's part of part of the challenge I think there's a sense that there's only so much you can do as well. And um, so I think we found during during that cold calling campaign again, for example, there was often a pushback that this won't stop scams altogether. People are still going to lose money. And um the argument, the fairly obvious argument was, well, clearly you need to do everything you can to make it as hard as possible for scammers to um to 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 do their business and to and to defraud people. Um and so I, I think I think maybe because it's just it's not tangible, I, I suspect it it doesn't quite get the the acknowledgements of other you know physical crimes um, I guess. But it's I think it's incredibly important now that this this legislation gets put through Parliament and becomes law as as quickly as as quickly as possible because when you think of Um, Where the country is at the moment, um, and some of the challenges facing society, and the cost of living crisis, of course, we're we're, we're likely to see a a huge jump in financial vulnerability among people in the UK through 2022 and and beyond. And we know that that's an environment where scammers tend to be tend to be active. So I'd, I'd quite like to see some of the online platforms getting ahead of this legislation and actually looking to protect people now clearly it's going to take time for that legislation to come through parliament that there's there's no reason why online platforms can't start to do the work and block some of the damaging advertising that we see at the moment
0: sure and tim why um do you think it's kind of taken us so long to get here because i mean as being one of the kind of main like firms that kind of been like driving this forward
2: yeah what what
0: have been your main barriers to this
2: so I think there are a few. So as, as Tom says, the original legislation was designed to deal with terrorism and um, exploitation. And because of that, the primary government departments that were working on it were the Home Office and the Department of Culture, Media and Sport, who are responsible for digital. And sometimes in government, you just get this problem that if a department if a issue is outside of the expertise of a particular department, even if it's really relevant to what they're doing, they don't engage with it because they see it as that's a treasury issue. It's financial services, it's fraud, it's for the treasury. And that's actually an issue we have in dealing with fraud and financial fraud in the largest possible sense that as a crime, it's the responsibility of the home office um, but as a financial services issue it's it's a responsibility of the treasury and any time where more than one government department has to work on something um it is always more challenging I think the other issue is lots of victims of scams do end up getting some of their money back not always but they either uh because of their bank their bank pays for it um or they um, In some circumstances, uh, it is particularly for investment fraud, it might end up falling on the financial services compensation scheme. And so the government looks at it and goes, well, they haven't had a loss personally, so do we need to worry about it that much? And we saw this a bit with with the compensation scheme with some of the behaviour from the regulator where as long as customers got their money back, it wasn't an issue, but actually the stress... And the psychological damage that's caused by being a victim of fraud is enormous. Uh, And there's been some research on this recently, that that actually it's incredibly damaging for people uh, psychologically to be uh, a victim of a significant fraud. I think what has happened is that the government has been a bit more joined up now, so the Treasury is more involved. I think it's just incredibly powerful when you have the financial services industry, the financial services regulator, and people like which Martin Lewis, all saying that this needs to be done. And that always acts as a bit of a wake-up call, but it just took a little while to get all of the right people in government around the table to, uh, to think about this now. So it's still not perfect. There's still lots of issues, um, but they have now given us a really great place to start and they've accepted that argument that actually this is important within this bill and they need to involve Treasury, they need to involve our industry.
0: And do you think it's kind of come too late? Do you believe this is really going to be a barrier to scammers or do you think you know by now they might have seen this coming and would have kind of exploited another loophole?
2: I mean scammers are creative, they're always looking for ways around. They're always looking for ways of, of of relieving people from their money, but it is going to be a genuinely important step in terms of dealing with this. Um, partly because it just it creates the levers with which to deal with some of this. Now there are some gaps and there are some problems. But if you look at the growth of of romance scams on on Instagram and Facebook, if you look at the number of of directly fraudulent Facebook adverts, it is going to be much tougher to engage in that kind of activity. And the further these scammers have to go from mainstream channels, the, um, the harder it's going to be for them to reach vulnerable people because part at the moment of how, why they can reach those vulnerable people is if you see a Google ad, you assume it's fine. You assume they've done their due mm-hmm. diligence. Um, if someone contacts you on Instagram with a company logo in their, um, in their bio, you assume it's safe and that it's been legitimised. And hopefully these steps will mean that that is um, closer to the truth in the future.
0: Sean, what do you think, Tom?
1: Uh, yeah, so I mean, clearly, you always you can always have done things sooner, and the quicker things are, are done, I get, I guess, the better, and the more people are protected. Um, but the you know the work that that Tim and others in the industry, and Martin Lewis and and, and which have done is is going to be really important here. And as as Tim says, it's it's about it's about squeezing the opportunities for these scammers to um, to defraud people of their of their money. And we all know that online is where a lot of scam activity happens um at, at the moment. And the, the, the idea that um that social media companies and search engines can could profit from those firms advertising on their platforms is is actually quite sickening. Um, I think. And the idea that, that was going to potentially be allowed to continue um, would have been an awful place to to be. So yes it's clearly later than ideally would be the case it would have been ideal if we'd had this legislation fully in place before the pandemic struck and lots of people felt vulnerable as a result of that it would be it would be good if the legislation was there and working now because as I said we're gonna we're gonna I'm I'm sure we're gonna see a spike in vulnerability um this year as people's bills and things go up but it's better everything is always better late than than never. And I think the the fact that we are starting to see some some joined up government on this as as Tim said has to be a, a good thing for a good thing for consumers, a good thing for the for the wider industry. And that and that means a good thing for advisors as well.
0: And what do you think about, you know, the companies that this is going to be pressed on, like the likes of Google and Twitter and like whoever else are they going to, you know, see this as a good thing and be like, right, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do it early, we're going to, you know, or do you reckon they're going to drag their heels on it?
1: They should, well, they should do. I mean, it's happening. Um, the companies generally um, are 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 worried about their reputations. Um, yeah, you know, it, clearly those companies could have done things before being pulled to the table through legislation. So it's possible that they'll, that they'll look to, to drag their heels. Clearly, they're, global companies or as well operating in lots of different countries so there's there's going to be a challenge through through implementation there but you you know you you look at a lot of the the messages that have been coming out from the likes of of facebook in particular and and others and there's a real focus on um doing the right thing and be seen to be a, a good company company that's um that can be used for social good rather than some of these social bads and so you, you would hope that they would see this as as an opportunity to to clean up their image, I guess and make sure that their users are protected and feel safe while they're using Facebook or Twitter or Google or whichever platform they're using. so I would hope they would see this as potentially positive for them over the long term, although clearly they'll have some some work to do in 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 identifying scam adverts and and making sure that they that they're that they're not posted on their
2: platforms
0: Sure, and what about you, Tim?
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. And the key thing, um, unfortunately, is is we've just got to make sure that there's a price to pay if they don't, mm-hmm. and that they are held liable and accountable when they have, you know, let's be honest here, facilitated a crime and, and uh, that that is taken and handled with the seriousness that that would be in any other circumstance. And I think um, if they are... Um, able if if it does cost them money uh when people are victims of fraud then i think they will very quickly develop the technology to deal with this i mean someone told me which i I believe is true that it takes about three seconds of a song being played on youtube before they can identify what song it is to ensure that the royalties are paid Mm -hmm. Now, if you've got the technology to do that you can certainly Mm -hmm. do an awful lot more to stop fraud
0: Sure. And do you think we kind of need to go a little bit further, like, now? So, like, what's the next step? Now we've got this kind of in the online safety bill. Obviously, we have to see how it plays out, like, what the rules are going to look like, etc. cetera. But do you think now we kind of need to push more on kind of, you know, kind of educating consumers, being like, right, look, this is how you spot a scam. This is, you know, a telltale sound. And this is, if it's too good to be true, don't go near it. Do you think more work needs to be done there?
2: absolutely um uh, because in the end that is the most effective protection for consumers is uh in a se- in essence the old um cliche of if it looks too good to be true it is and uh, the fca mentioned uh, i think in a in a speech a few months ago that people only start worrying about an investment scam if the promised return is over 10% um so eight eight or nine guaranteed return of eight or nine percent. Most of us would say, well that that's looking pretty dodgy. Um but for consumers, they are they aren't worrying about it at the right level. Uh I think as well there's two big gaps in in the response in the online safety bill. One uh probably easier to fix than the other. One is web hosting. So at the moment that is the gap. That if you are the host of a fraudulent website, there is uh, nothing within the bill that, that um, requires you to do any due diligence to ensure that you're not being utilised for um, facilitating a fraud. And that means fraudsters can still use things like search engine optimization to end up high up in Google searches. As long as it's not a paid for ad, it won't be covered by the bill. The other is a is a slightly trickier technical point which is the definition of fraud so many things that in many other countries would be classified as fraud say wire fraud in in the us we treat as a regulatory issue
0: Mm.
2: now if they are defined under law as, effect, in effect, a, fa- a regulatory failure. So something like uh, LCF or you know mini-bonds, even though many of us will have seen that as a fraudulent ad where they were trying to get people to invest in something that had no chance of delivering the return promised, technically within the definition, it is probably not fraud. And therefore, because we have this slightly unusual way of of drawing a line between if you like criminal activity and poor regulatory activity some things we want covered may end up not being covered by the bill
1: yeah
0: And what do you think tom
1: uh, so yeah there's there's a there's so I think the the first first port of call as, as Tim Tim alluded to there is make, is make is making sure that the the rules um work as intended and any any loopholes um that that may exist are are closed so that legally it's as hard as possible for, for scammers to 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 act and defraud people. Um I think you're you're absolutely right that the communications part of it is, 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 is huge. And I think to the FCA's, FCA's credit, they've, they've done a lot more work on that in the last few years. I think we've all seen the, you know, the television advertising, which I think is quite, is quite powerful. I think the scam smart campaign has been, um, has been good. Um, I, you know, those are those are adverts I'd certainly notice. Although being in the industry, I suppose, suppose you're slightly more likely to, to notice than, than than the average person on the street. But I think that's a positive thing. I think there's a general sense that scams are being taken more seriously now than the, perhaps they were five years ago. It certainly feels like it's much higher up the agenda now than it than it was then, which is which is a positive. But uh, as T- Tim said earlier, scammers are always going to be evolving their approaches and changing the way that they try to steal people's money. And so, the you, I guess, policymakers and the industry and charities and everyone else involved in the sector, journalists as well, need to remain on their toes and look out for any signs that there are new and changing forms of, of scam and new ways that, that scammers are trying to, to get around those rules. And when when things like that are spotted, we we all need to come together and, and figure out ways to stop it as quickly as possible sure well
0: i'm sure we'll be back here <laughs> maybe next <laughs> year or hopefully sooner than that to discuss what they actually put out <laughs> but tom tim thank you so much for joining us today tune in next week where we'll discuss other goings on in the industry Hold up.